Hi, welcome to the Awakened City Squadcast. Great to have you today if you're watching um, with us on YouTube or on your favourite podcasting app. It's great to have you with us. Um, I'm Sarah and I'm with Pastor Michael and we're discussing sexuality in the gospel. Woohoo! <laughs> Exciting. Um, so, yesterday you actually answered a whole stack of our questions that had come through um, in one fell swoop, in one sentence, you had kind of, are you becoming more like Jesus? Yeah. Yeah, that has to be the key, the key question, eh? Yeah. You know, if um, if we when we're thinking about sexuality holistically, if we just for a moment just park the morality question and think, well, what does this actually mean to be human, mm. and what does it mean to be an image bearer? Then that really just brings it back to, are we becoming more like Jesus? Yeah. You know, and as we become more like Jesus, we become more and more human. Mm. And so to do the opposite is to, uh, you know, dehumanise yeah. ourselves, dehumanise those around us. And so I think that's just a really great way of, of thinking about it. Because the problem with morality questions is um, we could have a whole host of questions that we would put in the morality category that the Bible is actually silent on. That's right. So if we're trying to go to the Bible to find the specifics about this sexual question and this sexual question, um, we're just not going to find the answers to all of the questions that we have. No. Um, or we'll try to make fit scripture fit that really does not oh, fit. Totally. Yeah, yeah. We'll just take yeah scripture out of context yeah. and jam, jam it to make it some sort of moral argument, and it's mm. not actually helpful. Yeah. So really good. And I think with um, so the purity culture, you talked about that a little bit yesterday, um, and I remember that as in dating that like where where, where is the line? How far can we go? And mm. when you say when you type all of that stuff, it's like oh, that actually makes the question a lot easier yeah um, but there might be people that don't know what the purity culture was um, I'm sure there's some people our generation that might have been a bit messed up by it do you want to sort of talk yeah. about what that yeah so the purity culture was really strong around the 90s and 2000s um, and probably I, I think it was a reaction because you got in the 80s you've got the rise of the um, I guess the uh, the really sort of liberal mm-hmm. um, and there's the um, I think it was called the Gay Liberation Front um, which is just it's military militaristic type language anyway um, and then you've got the rise of the far right um, sort of political I mean which was always there but the church really attaching itself yeah. to that I mean and I'm talking about America mainly here because obviously most of our Western culture comes from American culture um, so you got the you know Jerry Falwell senior mm-hmm. who was a big voice in there and he he made some horrendous statements mm. about um, I mean, just really, really dehumanising anyone that experienced same-sex attraction or anything that was outside of the normal mm. of what, you know. So, um, and so there's all of that going on. And then I think purity culture was just a reaction to what was happening in secular culture. Um, it was very about protection, uh, very focused on moral, uh, yeah. moral code, what's right, what's wrong. Uh, what does God think is bad? What does He think is good? Um, and, and I don't disagree with the what's. Mm. You know, I, I I don't think we should be having sex before marriage. But why? I was never given a why. Yeah. I was just given a whole lot of moral codes that, you know, I think it's you know 
as John Tyson said, you know, people are, are deconstructing out of this whole evangelical yeah. thing because, you know, we're just easy answers, trite faith, cheap grace, That's right. you know, and it's just, it's not sufficient for a generation who are asking why. Yeah, and I guess um, also in that period in the 90s, um, I think AIDS was like the top killer for men's yep. in their 20s to their 40s. Um, I think certainly in America, um, teen pregnancies were through the roof. So there's a lot of fear-based reaction, but those are not our realities for our teenagers today. That's right. Probably, so that's not a good, yeah. it's not a good answer anymore. It wasn't no. a great answer then either. No, and it also didn't work. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it didn't change any of those statistics. No, and I think there's, you know, I kissed dating goodbye, the whole idea of not kissing before you get married. Um, I think stats say something like 95% of Christian women kissed before they got married. So, you know, clearly that message did not... No, sink. and they felt, <laughs> probably felt guilty. That's right. And then went into their marriages and were told if you saved yourself, your marriage is going to be perfect and great right. and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and if anything's going wrong in their marriage, for some reason, especially the woman, uh, are feeling guilt and shame, like blaming themselves. Well, mm -hmm. we kissed before we got married, so this must be God punishing us for that. You know, all of that sort of, it's all wrapped up yeah. in there. I mean, I had someone last week uh, ring me, someone who doesn't go to a church, but listened to my message and, you know, was saying, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a victim of mm. the whole purity narrative. Yeah. You know, he said, I saved myself for marriage and I thought that meant my marriage was going to be great and beautiful yep. and he said it's all of the things promised yeah not eventuated that's right and there's a lot of baggage for women too women who were told they had to be the gatekeepers or the whole yeah the shame around natural urges and stuff and then they get married and there's just all that baggage is still there it doesn't magically go away because they've got a wedding ring on their finger and mm. um yeah 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 so we need a better way Absolutely. forward a better way to think about this and so i'm hoping that uh yesterday with the message, and I would encourage you if you're listening to the Squadcast, I had a few people last week say, oh yeah, the Squadcast was great, and I'm like, did you listen to the message? They're like, oh no, I didn't know there was a message, like, like you know, they didn't realise it was connected to um, the sermon series, so I just encourage you to listen mm. to the, the sermon from yesterday, um, because that'll help give some context. We were really explored, well what is the purpose of sex, right. what's the purpose of our bodies, mm -hmm. and how is our physical bodies pointing to a spiritual reality yeah how are our physical bodies showing who god is yeah how do we reflect the image of god in the earth through our bodies and our sexuality yeah, yeah that's good um, and i guess for so for people who uh got caught up in that purity culture if any of that sounds familiar um how do they proceed towards wholeness um i i think they will need to deconstruct mm. some of that stuff um and so potentially you could find yourself in um, a couple of categories here with regards to your understanding first of um, the purity culture, the purity narrative, um, and um, and where you are right right now in your in your marriage or not in a marriage anymore yeah. or whatever wherever you are. Um, so we could be completely ignorant mm. of um, of the harms of some of the purity narrative and I, and I do want to say not all of it was harmful no, that's right there was some good stuff in there but um it was so incomplete so yeah. narrow and reductionist yeah. that it just it it caused more harm than good in the mm -hmm. end so um so you may be completely ignorant uh, even about the harms that you are currently yeah. experiencing in your relationships 
uh, or you could be willful, willfully ignorant, where you just don't want to. You just don't want to think about it. Yeah. You don't want to go down that track. You don't want to admit that maybe you've um, you've misunderstood. Maybe you you don't want to admit that you know somehow you've believed the wrong thing, yeah. or you know. Um, so at some point you've got to own. Um, you know, this is where I am at right now with my marriage or mm-hmm. my relationship or my lack of and um and actually revisit some of those beliefs yeah. that you had you know we always talk about the jenga yeah tower you know yeah. maybe that block needs to be pulled out absolutely and looked at and examined mm. um say so where did i get this belief from yeah and is it biblical mm. um and then journey that through yeah. yeah, let's create safe spaces for each other. Eh? I mean, Ian and I said today night we had a conversation. I was like, oh, this is actually something I picked up out of it. This probably didn't help us early on in our dating yeah. relationship. And I was 18, he was 30. And I looked back and I was like, where are the grown-ups in this situation? Right. You know, that's, um, I think today, you know, if, if a 30-year-old was dating an 18-year-old, I'd probably have a few more questions than were probably asked of Ian and I at the time. But right. yeah, let's have those discussions. And, and we were able to, and it completely, you know, we're 19 years down the track. So yeah. It's, yeah. it's safe, it's open, um, but that will help us moving forward because we've mm. been honest about where we've been. Totally, and I think that's the key, mm. the key word. Like, we, we've just got to be honest. Yeah. Honest with our spouses, yeah. um, honest with ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, all right, so we have had a question around wives submitting to their husbands. Yeah. And obviously you read out Ephesians 5 yesterday. Yep. Yeah, I wondered when I read it whether there'd be some, <laughs> some questions around that because obviously it's, um, there, there's a couple of passages of scripture that um, sort of talk about that. Um, and what is it that Paul was getting at? Yeah. And what does that mean for us? Mm. Um, today, what did it mean in the original culture? Yeah. Um, so, so it's a good question. So let's unpack that a little yeah. bit and wrestle with it. Yeah. Um, so I think the first question we need to think about is where, where, are, where are we coming from? So in the context of the passage, so mm-hmm. Ephesians five, um, where are we coming from, and where is Paul heading? Yeah. So we need to think about, um, you know, even Ephesians four. Um, but more specifically, the start of Ephesians 5, as you say, I read from verse 15 yes. onwards. Um, so where are we coming from and where are we heading? I think mm-hmm. the really important questions. And then Paul quotes some Old Testament scripture. And so um, what what's the context of that mm-hmm. as well? So um, whenever one of the New Testament writers quotes a even a small part of an Old Testament scripture, um, I, th- I think it was pretty common for them to um, to understand that when they're quoting one part, they're meaning the whole part. Yeah. So he just quotes this one bit, but mm-hmm. what's the rest of it talking about is really important as well. So in, in Ephesians 5, where he's c- coming out of this dialogue around, um, you know, we're living in evil days, kind mm-hmm. of this idea, um, you were once there, but now you're children of light. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've been brought out of, of that whole space. Um, and then he's calling um, husband, husband. Well, he actually starts by saying that everyone within the body of Christ needs to submit to one yeah. another. So he uses right. this word submit um, to one another. So there's mutual submission, first and foremost, within the body of Christ. Um, and then he starts a dialogue about husbands and wives. Mm. Um, 
what he's actually deeply getting at is this is all pointing to Christ and the church. Um, But he uses these ideas of love and submission. So he he, um, first like there's a couple of the 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 next passage in Ephesians six it talks about um, children obeying their parents. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's a really interesting point to pick up there is it's a different word. That's right. So children obey your parents is not the same word as <laughs> wives submit to your husband. So we need to remove the idea that's right. that submit here is talking about obeying. Yeah. Uh, that's not, if, if he wanted to use that word, he, he would have used that word. That's right, it was in his vocabulary. Totally, he's used it in the next passage yeah. with regards to children and parents, and mm-hmm. it's a totally different relationship. Yeah. Um, and so, um, uh, but I often, often think, you know, because people, that, that, this is exactly one of the verses that just gets used against people as yep. a weapon. So I always say to someone, um, and it's the same in, in Hebrews 13, it talks about um, submitting to leadership. Yep. So I've always said, if you are ever in an environment where a leader uses that verse against you, get out. Yeah, what red flags. That is a yep. huge red flag. The point of it is, is, is that that's written to, when we're talking about husbands and wives, it's written to wives mm-hmm. for them. Yep. It is not written as a weapon for husbands to use against their wives. Mm. Um, just as that verse in Hebrews 13 is not written as a weapon for yeah. leaders to use against their congregation. Um, but also, what does this word submit actually mm-hmm. mean? So the other thing, I, I, the thing that often I'm like, oh, why, Paul, why did you put that one first? Like, if you put husbands yeah. love the wives first we might have had a, like a better dialogue I don't know yeah. but I, I think how, may- how did I skip the verse if it's at the start <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think maybe it's because they're in the culture that they're living in is it, it, they are living in a culture of hierarchy mm. sort of um, patriarchal sort of Absolutely. environment so the idea of um, of wife of wives um you know, being less than their husbands is that's the culture he's speaking yeah, into. Yeah. He's actually subverting that culture. Mm. He's not adding to it or that's agreeing right. with it. He's subverting that culture. Um, and so, so, uh, so the word submit, um, when you look in, in the Greek, it's a, a long word that I can't remember right now. Um, but it's actually, it's actually a military term. Yeah. And so it's talking about positioning yourself as being battle ready mm. so and so where are we coming from the days are evil uh, you know make sure that you're you're living worthy um, submit yourselves to one another um, and and Paul is saying um, to, to the woman be be battle ready with your husbands Paul why don't you put it that way yeah. <laughs> And the well, literal English but, for us. Yeah. That's right. Well, interesting, the, the word submit, um, even in the English, doesn't mean obey. Mm, that's right. So, but we've attached it we've to ad- that obedience to a leadership. Yeah. Totally. And, it, and it's actually, that's not even the English meaning mm. of it. Um, it's a cultural construct, yeah. not a biblical construct. Um, and so it makes total sense that the next chapter, Paul goes, therefore, stand firm. There you go. And he starts to unpack this whole military idea of putting on the armor of God yeah. as we stand firm together and support one another mm. as husband and wife because the days are evil and yeah. we need to stand firm together in support of one another. Yeah. You know, it's that that makes it there's a whole different perspective. That's right. On 
on this idea of and it just removes so much of the baggage because i know for me reading commentaries like i'm looking for the loopholes like uh and it's not that i don't love my husband (laughs) Uh, and he leads you know as it talks about here love your wife as christ loved the church yeah my husband does that um and it's not that yeah and i think because i've tied it to disobedience you know to obedience that's where the hang up comes and uh and what church has taught for so long about roles, about men and women, and who should be serving where, um, all of that gets really, I'm sure for others too, it's probably got jumbled. Totally, yeah, was you've got the whole, um, you know, church culture and ideas of complementarianism mm-hmm. and um, egalitarianism, yeah. uh, big words. Um, but interestingly, when you, the whole complementarianism idea, um, I think it's been hijacked. Mm. Um, there's, the word means to complement one another. Which is bizarre because you hear the word and you think, oh, that's it. we complement each other in marriage, but yeah, how, yeah hijacked is good. It's, I think it's been hijacked by, um, it's like a nicer word to use to actually mask what is pa- patriot, you know, like a patriarchal and hierarchical right. system, which is, again, a cultural construct around the 50s mm-hmm. and 60s that that whole, you know, well, even further back, but um, that's... Um, but the idea of um, complementarianism should be that we complement one another. That's but right. actually, it's it's this idea that that women should submit to men. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've read some, um, you know, very well known Christian leaders who um, who would take that view. Absolutely. Who have used it in horrific ways mm-hmm. to, uh, in my opinion, dehumanise women. Mm-hmm. Um, treat them as it's almost like it's a right to treat them less than Um, and it's saying things like women should should submit to all men no matter what relationship to them yeah and that's not what paul says no no to your husband to your husband yeah and so the other idea that we're getting with this word is this idea of um giving yourself to uh, in the Young's Literal Translation, it says your own husband. Mm. Um, so it's this real sense of like a like giving yourself to him in faithful covenant yeah. relationship. Like you are each other's. That's right. You know, and but what I really love when you think about the whole um, passage, it says um, in verse twenty-five, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Mm. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And then he goes on to say, no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. And, and, and then he uses this quote from the Old Testament, and it's the same passage in the Old Testament that says that, uh, this, where Adam says, this is flesh of my flesh, yeah. bone of my bone. In other words, Paul's saying, like, if you have this perspective that, that your wife is not yours to own, but your wife yes. is you, why would you disrespect your own self? That's right. She is you. You yeah. are her. You are now one flesh. Yeah. yeah. This is not... And, you know, go back to Genesis. We were never given the right to rule over each other. No, that's right. You know, and so I think, you know, putting that all into context, but I love this idea that, that as husbands, we are supposed to present our wives, mm. uh, that, you know, to sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the w- w- water with the word, so that we might present our wives... 
in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without mm. blemish you know so as husbands we we are we present our wives to the world yeah. and in doing so show the world how Christ loves the church yeah you know and and what a picture is that to be watching from the outside totally yeah. you know and so um, I, I've had uh, situations in our own church context where um, I've had husbands who who have this idea that my wife needs to submit to me mm. um, and I've had honest conversations with these men at different times and, I, and I've said um, I, I know that you mistreat your wife I can see it on her face Damn. you know then this whole idea like she is not I can see that you are not presenting her as this yeah. beautiful bride mm. that has been washed with the word and you know she's been presented in splendor and beauty and mm. um, and uh, in the end uh, this particular guy left our church and he, he, he said I, I don't want to take any relationship advice from you Michael because you don't make your wife submit Wow so what he's saying is you don't make your wife obey totally yeah yeah uh, unfortunately they are divorced now. Mm. And there's, yeah. there's a statistic with that I read this week is that in relationships where one partner uh, makes all the calls, which traditionally would be the man, if they're making all the calls, if the wife is not feeling heard, they are 7.4 more times likely to divorce. Yeah. Which is sad. Totally. This misreading yeah. of scripture creates such damage yeah. in marriages. Yeah, 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 and, and it's sad. So I think that if we if we are to humbly approach scripture, and and think about what I was talking about yesterday with the ideas that um, all of our sexuality screams to us that we are made for intimacy, but we are made for intimacy with our Creator, and if we are trying to get from creation what we can only find in our Creator, yeah. um, then we will try and get from our wives, mm. our husbands, what we should first be getting in Absolutely. Jesus. If we first get that in Jesus, now we are free to serve and love, totally. not try and, and take from them. And so if that's our whole perspective, then we can approach these scriptures and go, okay, um, here's, here's a passage of scripture that is giving some instructions for wives and some instructions for husbands. I trust that my wife has a beautiful relationship with Jesus yeah. and she's going to read the scripture and read her part and go, ah, this, is, this yeah. is my part to play yeah. in this in this union mm. of marriage and I read my bit and you go this is my part to play that's right and in it's serving union. one another ultimately it comes down to serving one another totally yeah I'm to love my wife as Christ loved the church so I am to lay down my that's life right. for my wife and do you know what that means sometimes um, that she may have a call on her life mm -hmm. that is more um, you know significant or whatever word you want to use than the call on my life mm. and she might have a vision that I need to help yeah. serve and support her in as yeah. I lay down my rights yeah. as Christ laid down his rights That's good. as I lay down my needs as Christ laid down yeah. his needs to serve my wife and That's present right. her as this beautiful bride you know yeah. um, if we could have that perspective you know right. I think we would, yeah, I just, I think we would see a lot healthier yeah, absolutely. marriages. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Great. So I hope that uh, helped answer the question for someone. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
Or might have created more questions. I don't yeah, know. potentially. <laughs> hey, let's wrestle with it further. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, so a question yesterday, you talked about soul ties mm. um, in regards to sexual relationships. So what does that mean? How does it affect us? Yeah, how do we move from that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so the idea is, is that um, we... it's. The, the idea there is that we are not disembodied mm-hmm. people, we're not spiritual beings having a bodily experience, but we are whole, complete yeah. people that we have a, a body, soul and spirit and they're not separate. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a, I think there's a picture there of that again is reflecting the nature and character of God as a triune God. Um, and so what that means is that, that um, everything is spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so what we do with our bodies is spiritual um, and it also affects our soul. So our soul is the place of our mind, will and emotions. And so as I give my body to someone, I am also giving my soul and I'm giving my spirit. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm spiritually connecting with a person and I'm connecting with my emotions, with my will and with with my mind as well, you know. And so I'm giving myself to them and giving... Um, thoughts to them and you know like there's something far deeper in this act of sex than just a bodily experience and we are giving parts of ourselves to people and and in doing so are making spiritual and emotional connections to them Um, and so the more that we do that the more Fractured. Yeah, that's right. The more we have given away of ourselves, the more that I guess it's we are devaluing ourselves, mm. and so there's these these connections that we've made all over the place. And I think it's important that at some point, and, and cleansing streams is great for right. this, mm-hmm. um, you know, and programs like cleansing mm-hmm. streams because it it helps you to because again, it's the whole ignorance, willful ignorance thing. We could be totally ignorant that we are walking with emotional and soul spiritual connections to people that we've given ourselves to in the past and you know we could be holding on to memories that still carry pain that still carry hurt um and affection and Mm. desire as well and so now we've gone into a new relationship and maybe we're married and there's still these desires and affections for someone from our past Mm -hmm. and there could be even a whole lot of pain attached to that and you're going i i I can't stand to think about this person, but when I do think about them, I'm still attracted to them. And like, what a such, a mess. such confusion to bring exactly. into a new yeah. into a marriage or a new relationship. Um, and so, yeah, so cleansing streams and things like cleansing streams helps us to first be aware, mm-hmm. so that we're not ignorant, yeah, um, and uh, and so that we can work through through those okay. things and actually break some of those soul ties. Mm-hmm. Uh, to other people and so that we can be free yeah um, the other element is we could again be willfully ignorant I don't want to go there I don't want to talk about it I don't want to think about it yeah but meanwhile it's affecting maybe our current relationship That's or the fact that we're struggling to even make a genuine connection with yeah. someone new we have all these past yeah feelings and emotions and yeah um, I guess there's a real balance there too thinking about the purity culture how um, you know read a bit about people deconstructing purity culture and deconstructing Christianity and the church in itself. Um, how they would do things like tear up bits of paper and trash it and this is what you're doing to yourself when you hold. So it's this, like that tension of the chaos, though the reality of it, but also not bringing shame. Like there is hope and there is redemption and there is um, 
people who might have had sex before marriage going, oh, well, what's it worth? You know, I'm not a virgin anymore, so why bother? Um, I think some of the purity culture has created a lot of guilt and shame. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and I think that's, that's not, the, not the goal. The goal is wholeness. Mm. The goal is not purity. Yeah. The goal is not morality. The mm. goal is wholeness, that we would be whole and complete people in Christ. Um, and so, you know, it's there's only one. It's like the Humpty Dumpty analogy, isn't That's it? Right. There's only one person who can put those pieces back in the right places. But sometimes yeah. it's like we've got these puzzle pieces, and we're going, I know this is meant to be part mm. of my story, and we're trying to, you know, jam it in and yeah. make it fit where it's somewhere where it doesn't fit, or yes. like where the heck does this piece even fit? Yeah. Or there's a missing piece, you know. It's like there's just this hole, and I don't know where this bit is, and and yeah. but actually, oh, yeah. so like I'm no longer a virgin. Therefore, why bother? Why bother? Yeah. You've given away the most precious thing you could possibly give your husband. Yeah. You're trash. Yeah. Well, I mean, the goal, the goal is not purity. The goal is to be whole. Mm-hmm. So, if I'm, um. Yeah, so if, if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, man, I've, I've wrecked it. I've given away myself to so many people. Yeah. What now do I have to mm. offer my husband or my wife or someone who I want to pursue yeah. in, in a relationship? Um, so the goal is not purity. The mm. goal is wholeness. Yes. The, the goal is that when I come to my, my husband, wife, whoever... Um, is that we are able to present ourselves as not a perfect person, but a whole person. Yeah. And so no matter how many parts of our fractured lives we have given away or, or lost, um, and it's, it's like that, the puzzle analogy, you know, like uh, we, we cannot put ourselves back together in it. We, we have all these fractured parts of our lives that only Jesus can piece back together. Mm-hmm. And, and so the important thing is if you are right now thinking, I don't even know if I could be in a relationship anymore, I'm just such a broken person, or whatever language you want to put around it, it is that Jesus can make you whole. That's right. And so you are able to come to... Because there, put it this way, there are people who have gone into a marriage who are pure by the purity narrative's definition but are toxic yeah and they have all sorts of things around control and manipulation and um, all of that sort of stuff like that is not a whole person no but we celebrate it yes but that's right you made it you you made it because you didn't have sex yeah but I. But the goal is not purity. The goal is to be whole, and so a, a whole person is someone who is no longer trying to get their needs met in yeah. creation, but has found their needs met in the Creator, yeah. and are now free to serve and love That's their great. their spouse or who you know whoever. And so the goal is to be whole. And so I would encourage you if you're single right now and you're thinking I would love to be married one day. I'd love mm-hmm. to be in a relationship. And I think we also need to in a couple of weeks we'll tackle the whole idea of singleness and actually let's not de-escalate that or push mm. it down as less than actually singleness um, Paul and Jesus both seem to say like this is the better choice you That's know right. like if you're weak get married <laughs> um, but um, 
you know, so so if you're single and you're you know you're wanting to be married, or maybe you've got a a, a partner, a girlfriend or boyfriend, you're thinking about getting married. Um, the best thing that you can do for your relationship is is to not just go in ignorant, mm-hmm. willfully ignorant, but actually say what parts of my life are fractured. Yeah. What parts do I not know how to put back together? Mm. What are the areas that I actually need Jesus to come and heal yeah. um, and, um, and put back together? Not so that I can be perfect, but so that I can be whole. Mm. And, you know, again, that's that beautiful picture of Kintsugi, Kintsugi um, Chinese art with the, the, the broken pottery that gets put back together yeah. with gold. It's seen together with gold. And the whole idea of that is that the pottery is more beautiful for having been broken yeah. than if it was never broken in the first yeah, place. Right. And so we're actually, what it's all doing is that it's, it's rebuilding our, our sense of value yeah. and worth in Christ. Mm. And that it is only in Christ because he is the one that puts us back together That's with right. the gold um, that we can now present ourselves to our future husband, yeah. wife, whatever, um, as this whole person. Yeah, and even if you feel like your life might be shattered, like you might literally have dust rather than pieces of pottery, God made man out of dust. That's so, right. you know, yeah. there is no uh, issues there for God to restore and yeah. build and create. That's right, yeah. Yeah, um, so I was thinking about questions for our small, small groups and squads. Um, you kind of hit on this, but you know, maybe it's a question you can be asking, at least yourself as well. You know, have I been guilty of focusing on morality rather than being honest about my brokenness? Mm. Um, I think it's a really great question. Maybe you need to sit down with your spouse and have you know that conversation. Yeah. Um, and for some of you, maybe you've experienced shame around sexuality. You know, are there some safe people in your squad you can have that conversation with? That you know, I have felt shame in the church or wherever um, around sexuality, around my brokenness. Um, and let's love each other. Yeah. And then make sure you got safe people. That's right. That's yeah. huge. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Thanks for listening to uh, this week's Squadcast. Uh, if you have any questions, any feedback, you can email office at awakencity.nz. Uh, otherwise, um, chuck your comments in the YouTube comments there. So uh, we'll see you next week. Awesome. See you later.